Lockdown Women's Bash Talk. I'm your host, Howard McDowell. Remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB. I can urge you to watch or to listen to everyone who does these shows every single day. Eric Ayala, Amy Audibert, Dave Ibrahim. Make sure you're hearing the incredible guests and the analysis of this game that we all love. And of course, you can get your 24-7 coverage of women's basketball over at the next thenext.substack.com. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Nine delicious flavors on regular rotation. Most have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams net carbs, and most important, my mom loves them. They have the Grandma Myrna seal of approval. So make sure you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you get 15% off your first order. And make sure when you do, you tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. So I have a really special guest here today, and we have a lot to talk to her about. Michelle Edwards, of course, part of the 1997 allocation draft for a league you may have heard of called the WNBA, which is starting its 25th season tonight. Uh, I would imagine, Michelle, you are as excited as I am. And, of course, we'll get into what you're doing now, which is vital and the work continues. But, you know, how pumped are you for what the tip-off is that's coming in just a few hours? Well, well, first and foremost, let me, let me just say thank you for thinking enough of me to even ask me to come on your show. Um, it, it, it's really cool to have a space um, such as this to talk about this amazing league. So um, thank you for that. Um, but pumped, excited is, isn't even strong enough to uh, express where I am emotionally about um, tonight's tip-off because, um, you know, 25 years ago, the league started, and, you know, we thought that it would, continue to thrive, but there were a couple of bumps in the road uh, throughout the years, but the fact that uh, we're celebrating 25 years, I'm telling you, it, it's it's amazing. I feel really good um, and excited uh, for the ladies tonight. I, I'm going to push back on your idea that you're lucky to be here, if I may, because you are a former Big Ten Player of the Year. You had your number 10 retired at University of Iowa. And so we are very fortunate to have you, a legend in the game, a member of the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, so thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, again, to your point about seeing it 25 years on, you were, you've been the part of not just critical moments in women's basketball history, but moments that I feel like show what the game is capable of being. You know, the, the sellout game that you participated in between Iowa and Ohio State, north of 22,000 fans in the stands, you know, essentially fulfilling a prophecy that 
coach, Steve Vivian Stringer, uh, promised when she came to Iowa from Cheney State. Is it when you see the league taking these leaps forward, does it feel more like, well, it was just a matter of time? Or does it still feel like, you know, geez, I, I didn't know whether we could get to this point this soon? Wow. Um, what a question. Um, well, I think, you know, I think first and foremost, when you know you've got a good product, um, you have to believe first and have the vision. Um, and, and thankfully, the people, I call them the brass, and even the players, um, they stayed the course, and, and here we are. But I, I certainly... I certainly believed in it and, and had hope that um, young ladies or young women who wanted to play professionally would have um, more of an option than just to go overseas, you know, because overseas isn't for everyone. So, um, once again, the fact that, that the league is still here is <laughs> – it, it just it, – I, I wrote something on social media last night and I posted it and it just really brings tears to my eyes. I, I mean, I get really emotional when I think about it. Um, but the game has certainly grown and and to be a part of a program like Iowa with Coach Stringer um, and, and even, you know, to be a part of her vision to have a sellout crowd was, <laughs> you know, so like you said, I've been a part of some great moments. Um, uh, we had a we had a couple of sellouts, actually more than a couple of sellouts um, in '97. So um, once again, to be here today um, for the 25th uh, season kickoff is it's amazing. It it is, and it's one of these. There are these kind of moments that reinforce what has been built, right? And and so one of them is. Um, I saw uh, Ziara King, uh, who's the wonderful uh, forward in National Women's Soccer League, say the WNBA is the blueprint on social media. And I thought that was so striking, right, because you and I have both seen it through the years. There are so many people who try to take aim at the lead as it grows. There's so many people who try to dismiss it or talk about, you, you know, it's going to go somewhere. And... There's something about showing up for a quarter of a century before you even get into the growth and, you know, where it feels like we are in 2021 that no one can ever take away. And and so I guess I wonder how often you sort of reflect on that. You know, you talked about your words on social media, but people ought to I'll, – I'll pop a link in on it, but people ought to read as well. Um, but – what does it feel like to know that you were part of building that, that cornerstone that's never going to be going away? It, it, you know, it's surreal, um, in a sense. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But it, but, you know, it makes me, it makes me very proud, especially, uh, what the women are doing today. Like, for those that did not see the special, uh, last night, 144. It's a must see. Yeah. Um, because it really, did you see it? I did. I did. We were fortunate enough to get an yeah. early copy of it over at the next. So we've been talking about it all week. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but it, it just, again, it just makes me feel proud. Um, it's certainly something 
um, that can't be taken away, which is, <laughs> which is also very special. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't even really know if words can truly express, um, just being blessed enough to have been chosen because mm-hmm. we're talking about women all over the world where, um, Renee Brown actually traveled. She traveled, I want to say, to I don't know how many countries to find the best place. Yeah. And she came to Italy, spent time with us. And so just, again, to be a part of that initial allocation draft, I think, wow. Yeah. Now, let, let's talk about this, if we can, because you are of a very particular generation in WNBA players, and, and I ask this quite a bit. You come out of college where you dominated, you know, if you'll forgive me for saying so, you dominated at Iowa, um, you know, in double figures, average scoring all four years, but at 20 points per game. And again, across the board, a contributor, you were at nearly three steals a game. You were, you were a two-way player uh, the way you were in the pros. But 1988 is your senior year of college, and you obviously had the opportunity to play some, but there was nearly a decade going from college to, like you said, you know, that initial WNBA draft. That is fortunately a luxury that players don't have today, but I just wonder what your game you think would have been like and how much different your pro career might have been if the pipeline existed fully and directly from the moment you came out of school? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, ironically, I, I, I don't think I would change anything, um, in that my nine years in Italy, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I was able to gain culture, I learned to speak the language, I traveled, um, so, and, 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 and that, in those years, I mean, talking about building character, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and just, and just being well traveled and understanding different cultures, like, it was an eye-opening experience, but, you know, so I wouldn't change that, but, you know, to think about what, like, if I were, let's say, being drafted this year, um, it, you know, I don't know, um, I know that it would have been great to have played in the league a little younger, mm-hmm. um, had started my career a little younger because, oh my goodness, who knows what would have happened. Um, but, you know, I believe that, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. So, yeah, but um, it would have been different, but nine years in Italy, in, in, in the northern part of that, best food, best fashion in the world, oh my goodness. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, it, it certainly has worked out. There's no question. It just, it is so interesting yeah. to me. You know, so I was talking to Annie, uh, to Ann Myers Drysdale this week. And of course, yeah. Annie never got to play in the league. You know, Annie played in the WBL, yeah. uh, and, you know, when yep. they were forerunner. Um, but that only existed for three years. And so, you know, to me, there's, there's beauty. And I'm a statner. So there's beauty in stats, and I'm, and and because we're 25 years in, we can now go back and we can do things like compare the numbers of Lauren Jackson to Brianna Stewart. We can compare, 
you know, Cynthia Cooper is, is kind of a crazy thing where she was a rookie at age 34 in 1997. You know, I mean, it, and, but at least we've got, we've got an ability to do it. Um, but it does feel like there's, there's a lot of history that is lost even to the numbers along the way. So I, I'm, I, I, I am glad that you got to experience life in Italy. I am selfishly sad that we don't have like, a full set of numbers from your career, which was still remarkable in its own right, wow. to be sure. But wow. if, yeah. if, if I could transition, though, from, you know, and, and we should have mentioned this earlier, but, you know, you're working on C. Vivian Stringer's staff, you know, one of, I, I mean, I guess the way I'll put it is when I do interviews with Coach Stringer, I get to hear wisdom for you know, from everything, from from decades, from a person who helped build. And it almost feels at some level like it's an anachronism that here she is in 2021, she's still producing WNBA players on a regular basis. Players who, if you'll forgive a point of personal privilege, I think are consistently underrated and undervalued. Um, you know, players who, who go out of the way to prove that. When they get to the league, either undrafted or underdrafted, as the case may be, with Benizia Laney, with Erica Wheeler, with Arella Durantes this year, and then turn around and do better than conventional wisdom would say that they do. And so for you as somebody who goes back a long way with her, how is she the same now and how is she different here in 2021? How is she the same? She she is the same in that she is still one of the most passionate people that I've ever met when it when it comes to uh, the game that we all love so much basketball. I mean, when she gets inside those lines, I mean, her eyes just light up and she just comes alive. It's <laughs> it's the most interesting thing to see. Um, and she said it several times in interviews interviews where She's like, when I hear the, the shoes screech, uh, screeching and the talking and the conversation and the ball bouncing, it just does something to me. Um, how, and, and so that, in my opinion, how she's the same. Um, but she just, um, she has the blueprint yeah. for what it takes. But it's, 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 it, it, it's awesome because it just doesn't encompass basketball. It encompasses mm-hmm. the total person, you know, and she really, she really allows her players to become the best version of themselves while pushing them um, and loving them at the same time. Um, how she's different? Uh, I don't know how she's different because. <laughs> When we have conversations, it's the same passion um, and love for the game. And so how she's different. Um, oh, I would say this. I would say this. How she how she might be different or I would say evolved mm-hmm. is, is, is in this way. So when I was in college and I was, you know, I was playing for her, she she had this thing where um where she where where the best 
Toya were, was on the team, um, she would keep her distance in fear of um, being accused of showing favoritism mm-hmm. and, and wanted to treat everybody the same. Um, so sometimes, like, I would, I would feel like, uh, you know, hey, coach, you know, um, because I was really shy, so I wouldn't go looking for her. I would just kind of, like, be in my own little space. But fast forward to, like, an Erica Wheeler, uh, who's someone who has this, like, bubbly personality, and she's such a, she a sure beautiful does. person. I saw her, I saw her find her way to Coach Stringer, and they, from that moment on, had an amazing relationship. But today, she certainly is more, um, uh, how can I say this? Uh, she, she looks for that more, and they look for her more. How about that? Mm-hmm. Like she's, yeah, she's, um, I don't, I don't, I think she still believes in that, but I don't think that is, is, um, a driving force for her anymore because she really wants to talk, like, and, and have relationships no matter who you are. Um, but I'm not saying she didn't want to have a relationship with me, but because <laughs> she didn't want to be accused of showing favoritism, you know, um, it, it so to me, that's part of the difference of who she is today. It's it's really interesting, and obviously, you know, she's changed to a point that as she's continued to coach, she's still able to have success. She's still able to, like you said, produce people who, I I guess the best way to put it is, it's a very challenging thing to make it in the WNBA as a human, not just as a player. It's hard enough as a player when there are 130-something spots. I know 144 was something we both enjoyed, but you could argue there should be an asterisk next to that because of the number of teams carrying 11, and it's even more challenging than 144. But at the same time, for her to continue to have the same principles that she's had for such a long time is is amazing to me. Um, And, and, you know, we're all obviously very fortunate that she's – a current part of the game at the same time. When you, when you think back to your best memories in the league, you know, I, I, I went back obviously going through the rosters and seeing some of the players who you played alongside. You know, you played alongside Chastity Melvin. You, you were w- with um, somebody who's now a very famous coach, Arizona in Pottie Barnes. You know, like there's a lot of a lot of people and I guess the best way that I tend to think of it is women's basketball rhymes, right? You'll see people who are critical to changing the game as players, and then you turn around a generation later and you see them as critical changing the game as coaches. You know, Marianne Stanley is someone coach in Indiana today and I can go back 20 years and she's coaching in Washington and I can go back 20 years before that and she's at Old Dominion coaching Ann Donovan and I can fast forward 30 years and I saw Ann Donovan coaching in the Connecticut Sun and uh, I'm sad to this day that Ann Donovan is no longer with us. So I just wonder how it works for you in that way. Who are the people you're connected with today? Um, closest with today from your time in the league? And then what do you remember? How do you think back to them when you all were players charting a course that everyone has followed since? 
Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? My my, I think you asked what was one of my fondest mem- memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would have been. Well, there were several. Um, but one one that comes to mind is um, we were playing uh, the New York Liberty. I think it was a play. I think it was a playoff, Eastern Conference uh, Finals, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were at Cleveland. I think it was like 10,000 people in the arena. Uh, we were down two with like maybe nine seconds to go or something. And <laughs> I instinctively got the ball from the inbounds or dribbled it down. I came down the right side, crossed it over, and pulled up at the three-point line um, on the left side and, and made the shot. And time went off and, and, and we won the game. And I was just like, oh my, like, you know, playing overseas, like that was, that, you know, I'm, I'm being, I'm saying this as humbly as I can, but, huh, that was nothing. But to do that on American soil in front of your friends and family and on TV against that level of competition, man, that was, that was, whoo, that was big. And that, that was the uh, first year, right? Wasn't that a, nine, a game in 1997? Yeah. I believe so, yes. Amazing. I mean, just, and like you said, to do it on home soil, you know, again, that there are players still obviously going overseas, but a big part of the new collective bargaining agreement is a phasing out of that and making it um, an earlier and earlier reporting time. There's obviously been a fair amount of conversation about what that would have meant, but lots of players I've talked to speak about the fact that this is the path they wanted. And clearly when more than 90% of the Players Association voted for this, it reflects the fact that simply being able to, in your 20s and 30s, live in your own country while you, while you go forward in the profession you have chosen and belong in is not a small thing. Uh, I, I mean, do you think ultimately that this way forward is one that is the best for players who get to make this decision now. You know what? I, I don't even know if I can offer an opinion on that simply because, you know, back then, um, like for me, I was excited about going to another country and, and just experience, like I said, the culture. But like I said earlier, um, overseas is for everyone. And, yeah. There's so many, I think, more opportunities here in the state in terms of with marketing and branding and uh, whatever, you know, whatever else uh, the women want to do. So, I don't know. And, and the wear and tear physically, oh, my goodness, like you're playing year-round at a mm-hmm. high level. Um, I imagine that not going overseas probably will uh, elongate your career as opposed to, you know, so maybe, you know, so the times have changed, have changed to a certain extent. So, you know, I, you know, it worked for me and, and obviously for, for the women today, they, they want to do it differently. So, yeah. The, the league's level continues to elevate. I don't think yeah. there's a popular understanding of how much more it could when these women are given rest when it's not a 12-month-a-year pursuit. And it's going to be, I think, really wow. interesting over the next five years 
as that phases out and we see what comes forward. Um, I'm, I'm awfully excited to see it. That's for sure. I, I, I want to close if I could with you and you've been so generous with your time and I really appreciate it. Uh, but that we're standing here on the precipice of the start of year 25. If you had to pick one thing you hope at year 50 has changed, we are talking about something new and different 25 years from now. And you should come back. We should, we'll talk on the, on that, on year 50. And, and I hope many times before that, but, but tell me what, what is the one thing that you want to see change by then? One, one thing. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let you do more okay. than one. I, and, and I don't want to put you, you on what? the spot. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you my answer. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say like five seconds worth of information, right? Nice. So I'm going to say equal pay, salary, salary increase. But by saying that, that would mean that um, more sponsors were buying, mm-hmm. TV deals would be a lot more. Um, and, and more people will be in the stands supporting the women. So definitely the salaries have, have I would say that's what I would want to see. Yeah. But based on the things that I just said in this. So. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Well, listen, people, yeah. they're, they're late to it in many cases, but are getting around to the idea that this is yeah. not just the, the right thing to do, but that this is a product that everyone uh, can really embrace. So it's, it's gratifying to see. It has to be, I would think, for you as well. And obviously all the things you've done through the years to help make it possible is something I know all of us are grateful for. So, uh, Michelle Edwards, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and, uh, for sharing your, your thoughts, uh, with all of our listeners. Uh, you're welcome. And thank you so much and good luck to the women. Uh, that are starting the 25th anniversary tonight. Best of luck.